0: From the weird, to the disgusting, to the outright silly. This this is is your your Daily Daily Moose. Yeah. Ow! Ow! Coming up next on the Daily Moose, feed them to the crocs, Ghost Town of Three, Big Ol' Hog, Tortoise Sex Sounds, all coming up on The Daily moves Welcome, everybody, to The Daily moves I am your host, Cal Rampage, aka Slob Barker, but we ain't playing no games. How's everybody doing today? It is episode 48 of The Daily moves Beat on, Luso, Kimchi, Sammy, what's going on? Can't wait for the tortoise sex sounds. I don't even know if there's uh <laughs> some sounds for it, but I'm hoping there is. We'll find it. If we can't, we'll find it. But the use for the, the tortoise sounds may shock you. Slobchy. <laughs> oh. So um We have a special announcement. We have um officially. 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 Launch the t-shirt. The O! T-shirt. You guys can get it in black and white if you uh, are willing to uh, get this slob of a shirt. (laughs) Pure beauty. I'll definitely be uh, grabbing one for myself and you guys can see it. Uh, Looks pretty good though. Looks pretty good. (laughs) Hope you guys are all having a great day. We have a pretty big lineup today. Who knows if I'll get through them all. And if you guys have any crazy videos, remember to give them to me and we'll read them at the halftime. Probably around like story number four after that. We'll go into the YouTube part of watching weird ass animals. It will stop. Never, never Luso, so. You just need to get on board, man. I think you just need to accept it. <laughs> you just have to embrace the slob life, man. We have all done so. Never, I will never stop, Luso. Never. Uh, there's definitely more. <laughs> Join us. Never will I stop this, ever. But yeah, we have um, some crazy stories, guys. Uh, the first one is a long, like, I don't know. It's a crazy story. It, it almost deserves its own documentary. I think it'll be, it'll be good times. <laughs> I'm a little scared. Basically, um, we'll start with story number one, unless you guys have anything else to say. We'll jump right into it with uh, story number one. Make sure you get your oh shirt. Number one. Yo, Kimchi, with the host. Thank you so much. Appreciate it as always. Yeah, <laughs> look at that baby drenched. Pretty much just does it for the sound effect, I'm sure. <laughs> but thank you so much. And we got a uh, story number one. This one, this one, it might be a little nuts. We also have a mori related story. Kind of. Wife claimed alligator ate husband, but then she started dating his best friend. Oh. When Mike Williams went hunting and never returned, his wife, Denise Williams, and his best friend convinced everyone it had been a tragic accident. Yikes. Four friends met at school, and after graduation, they became two couples and remained just as close. Mike and Denise Williams and Brian and Kathy Winchester lived in Tallahassee, Florida. I would you would date the alligator if he looked like King K. Rule. Don't also don't uh, Google King K. Rule and look at the images. There might be a big old King K. Rule dick. I found that the hard way. One day, by by 2000, Mike. 31, and Denise, 30, had become parents. Their daughter was born 18 months old, was 18 months old, and she was Mike's pride and joy. Mike was an estate agent and loved to fish and go hunting. You don't see it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it got deleted. I definitely found it one day. Uh, they were potentially high-risk, they were potentially high-risk activities? Oh. So his friend Brian, who worked in insurance, helped him with his last three insurance policies, which resulted in the payout Oh my god, this is so scummy. Which would result in a payout of $1.75 million for his family, if anything happened to him. Oh boy. guessing guess this is the man here. He's looking into my soul. Sorry, man. R.I.P. Uh, Mike might have been a prankster who loved to make people laugh, but when it came to looking after his family, there were no jokes. Six months later, it was Mike and Denise's sixth wedding anniversary. Mike decided to go duck hunting in the early hours of 16th of December 2000 and planned to return by noon so they could celebrate that night. When he didn't come back from the swampy lake in Sim- Seminole, Denise reported him missing. Oh boy. By the evening, there was a huge search underway. Volunteers found Mike's park or er, park truck. Brian even found his empty boat with his shotgun still in it, but there was no sign of Mike. As time passed, the murky waters were scoured for a body. The search team had to be careful as the area was known for huge alligators that stalked the shores. But after 44 days, the search was called off. Mike was listed as missing, and it was concluded that Mike's boat might have capsized when his body couldn't be found. It was suggested he'd been eaten by alligators. They found his empty boat, though. How was it capsized? This makes no sense already. Big old crop denise was left raising her daughter alone and insisted money was tight within weeks of mike's disappearance and before the search was called off she applied for the 1.75 million but the insurance companies wouldn't pay out because mike had not been declared dead in what seemed to many people as remarkable timing there was a breakthrough in the case six months after his disappearance a local fisherman found mike's waiters in lake seminole then his hunting jacket, hunting license, and torch were found. Torch, I guess it's a flashlight. Uh, it was strange as the area had been searched before and the waiters, uh, which showed no signs of an alligator attack, didn't look like they'd been submerged for months. Also, the torch still worked. Yet the discovery was enough uh, for a judge to declare that Mike had died from a hunting accident and Denise received her money. Mike's mom, Cheryl, didn't believe her son had been eaten by alligators or that he died in a hunting accident she suspected he'd been murdered. A wildlife expert's told that alligators don't feed in the cold winter months. If they do hunt, they tend to stash the kill and eat it later and certainly wouldn't eat a whole body because their metabolism slows down when it's cold. This is so suspect. Also, the alligator did not eat him, for sure. 1.75 A 1.75 million dollar insurance policy and he goes missing and she tries to cash it out weeks later also mike was an expert hunter and it seemed unlikely that he'd fall into the murky waters 1.75 million there was no evidence of foul play so all cheryl could do was try to keep mike's disappearance in the spotlight she made missing posters and tirelessly wrote the local governor every day for almost a decade In the meantime, Brian and wife Kathy divorced and tongues started to wag when he began dating Denise, the wife of his missing best friend. In 2005, the pair married. Investigators always remained suspicious of Denise and Brian, as well as the speed in which Denise applied for Mike's insurance money. She was always strangely matter of fact about her husband's alleged accident. Boy, Brian said he'd been in bed 60 miles away when Mike went hunting, but a witness put him nearby. Brian had been the one to sort Mike's biggest insurance policy just six months before his disappearance. They questioned Brian's now ex-wife, Kathy, and she told him she was certain Brian and Denise had been having an affair for years before Mike disappeared. But there was no solid evidence, and the truth seemed unlikely to ever surface then. In 2012, Denise and Brian divorced. Brian tried to win back Denise, but after seven years, it was clear it was over. In 2016, Denise got into her car. With no idea, Brian was hiding in the back with a gun. Oh my god, this just gets crazier. He threatened to kill them both, but Denise managed to talk him into letting um, letting him go and went to the police. Brian was arrested and charged with kidnapping and aggravated assault. When both being questioned, investigators realized that there was an opportunity to use the couple's rift to try to make them turn on each other. But Denise said she'd she'd never have married him, If she thought he'd murdered her husband, they focused on Brian who was clearly panicking about something. Over a year later, in 2017, Brian pleaded guilty to kidnapping Ennis and assaulting Denise. She was there for the sentencing Sentencing, he will finish what he started no matter what age he is. When he's released, she told the court, I'm asking you to sentence him to life in prison for the crimes that he committed. It comes down to my life or his and I'm asking you, please choose mine. Brian received 20 years in prison. Brian Winchester was the one who actually killed Mike. He received 20 years in prison. What? So he admitted it? Never did I have any intentions of harming Denise, nor would I, he said. Nonetheless, I do know she was hurt by my actions, and again, I am truly sorry. But as she led away, Denise wasn't aware of the huge break in Mike's case. There we go. So he, it doesn't say he admitted it. He just, he got put in jail for uh, kidnapping and assault. I don't think that's 20 years. Could be wrong. The next day, there was a press conference to announce police now knew Mike had been murdered because they found his body. Uh Uh-oh. Before his sentencing, Brian had confessed to killing his best friend in return for a deal to escape murder charges. There he is. There it is. I met Mike at a gas station, followed him to the lake. He was recorded telling them, we launched the boat. It was just like a hunting trip was supposed to. I got him to stand up and I pushed him into the water. He was in a panic. Obviously, I was in a panic. I didn't didn't know what to do, and I ended up shooting him. Brian had shot him point blank in the head. As part of the deal, Brian told them where Mike was buried. Brian had driven the body to a remote marshland and dug up the grave for his friend. Investigators found Mike's skeletal remains and his wedding ring still on his finger. Mike's shirt, wedding ring, gloves, and remains were found, and an x-ray showed the bullet that uh, were fired into him. Uh, His shattered skull illustrated the sickening force of the blast. Brian said the murder had been Denise's idea because she wanted to be a widow, not a divorcee. Plus, there was the life insurance. She would not get a divorce, uh, so she basically said there's only one solution. We'd end up together. We'd live happily ever after. after. And as a side note, we've got all this money to enjoy a wonderful life together. They had acted that day in December because they felt uh, time was running out. Mike confided in Brian that his wife had stopped having sex with him and she was, or he was growing suspicious of her movements. One of the life insurance policies was to close out, uh, to running out. It was cold, heartless plan. Poor alligator, man. Alligator did nothing. In May 2018, almost 18 years since Mike had been killed, Denise was arrested and charged with first degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder and accessory after the fact. In the December... In the December. <laughs> what a weird phrase. Denise went to trial. She denied everything, but Brian had plenty to say. We wanted to be together and we weren't going to let anything stop that. He testified. We had an agreement that uh, she'd never say anything about me and I'd never say anything about her because we felt as long as neither of us one talked, uh, nobody would find out. As he revealed all the gory details, Denise didn't flinch or even shed a tear. Cold blooded. Brian said he'd planned out uh, drowning him by pushing him in the lake, but he panicked when Mike struggled in the water. He started to yell, and I didn't know how to get out of that situation. I had my gun, so I loaded it and just made one or two circles around, and I ended up circling closer towards him as I passed by. I shot him. The defense uh, said Brian was obsessed with Denise, and she wasn't even there that day. They said... Uh, He was uh, lying to get revenge. Denise and her lawyers were so confident that she'd be cleared. They didn't want the jury to consider any lesser charges a big risk. It didn't pay off. The jury found Denise, 49, guilty of all charges. The sentencing was in February this year. Damn, man. Mike's mom, Cheryl, made an emotional statement. She begged for Denise to be locked away for life. She already lived 18 years longer than my son, she told the judge. When I try to sleep at night, I will see my son clinging to a tree stump in Lake Seminole in the dark, knowing his best friend is trying to kill him. I hear his voice screaming for help. I wasn't there to help him. Nice toes. Ooh, it will haunt me forever. Denise was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Brian will be eligible for parole in 2033 when he'll be 63 years old. They had killed the... That makes no sense. He actually murdered him. And he gets parole? In 2033. That's so crazy. They had killed uh they had killed to be together, but the moment they decided the part, their secret was exposed. Oof. Little murder mystery to start off, the daily moves. What a what a crazy lady. Like they they were like, you know what? Let's set up an insurance policy for almost $2 million, and then let's kill him. Nobody, nobody will ever figure this mystery out. It was Colonel Mustard in the kitchen. It probably was. Stupid idiots. And that is going to do it for story number one. A nice uh, longest story to start off the day. And we have, we have some craziness coming right up. Story number two. I made my shed the top-rated restaurant on TripAdvisor and then served customers Iceland-ready meals on its opening night. Green screen's probably messed up. Oh, it's good, we're good. All right, on to the next story, story number two. I made my shed the top-rated restaurant on TripAdvisor. Okay, Let's see how this goes. A man made a shed into a restaurant. Once upon a time, the, long before I began selling my face as the acre for features on vice.com. My face by the acre for features on vice.com. I worked other jobs. There was one in particular that had, that really had an impact on me, writing fake reviews on TripAdvisor. This sounds like somebody I know, possibly in this chat right now. Restaurant owners would pay me uh, 10 euros, I guess, or 10 pounds probably like 15 bucks, and I'd write a positive review of their place despite never eating there. Over time, I became obsessed with monitoring the ratings of these businesses. Their fortunes would generally turn, and that was the catalyst. It's probably a good business. This convinced me that TripAdvisor was a false reality, that the meals never took place and the reviews were all written by other people like me. However, they're not, of course. They're almost all completely genuine. Probably not. And there was one other factor that seemed impossible to fake the restaurant themselves, so I moved on. Then one day, sitting in the shed I live in, what, he lives in a shed? I had the revelation within the current climate of misinformation and society's willingness to believe absolute bullshit. Maybe a fake restaurant is possible. Maybe it's exactly the kind of place that could be a hit. Watch this video after, this is crazy. In that moment, it became my mission. Uh, With the help of fake reviews, Mystique and nonsense. I was going to do it. Turn my shed into London, London's top rated restaurant on TripAdvisor. Oh my god. <laughs> Setting up the shed at Dulwich, April 2017. First of all, let me introduce you to my site, a shed in the South London Garden. To get started, I need to get verified. And to do that, I need a phone. Jesus, this phone. This is last year. One burner later, and the the shed at Dolwich officially exists. Now I need to list an address, but doing so makes uh, easy work for any skeptical fact checkers. Plus, I don't technically have a door. Instead, I just list the road and call the shed an employment-only restaurant. On to my online presence, I buy a domain and build a website. Hotspots are all about quirks, so to cut through the noise, I need a concept silly enough to infuriate your dad concept like naming all four dishes after moods (laughs) this is so good now some soft focus images of those delicious dishes yeah this is this is a beat on thing 100 lust love empathetic comfort contemplation and happy are all the names of the food powerball (laughs) gillette foam honey this is so nuts black ground pepper and bleach (laughs) oh my god this chocolate cake is probably fake too the food egg the foot egg is the best it's got um some gillette again glossy paint some coffee the sponge covered in paint with the quinelles uh of shaving foam uh you're getting (laughs) oh my god you're getting it. This isn't what it looks like. Nice toes, right? Nice toes. It's an egg resting on my foot with the concept logo. Thank you, Tristan Cross and menu nailed down. <laughs> it all comes together. I submit my TripAdvisor forms and the rest is up to God. On the 5th of May, 2017, I wake up to an email. Hello, we're excited to tell you that your listing request has been approved and is on our site for everyone to see. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to let TripAdvisor community know about the shed at Dulwich. No, TripAdvisor. I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to let the community know about the shed at Dulwich. Getting the shed to number one. I started out ranked 18,149, the worst restaurant in London, according to TripAdvisor. So I'm going to need a lot of reviews written uh, by real people on different computers so the anti-scammer technology TripAdvisor utilizes doesn't pick up on my hoax. I need conceiving or convincing reviews, reviews like this one. If you enjoy Chef's Table, you'll love it here. My husband and I like to occasionally take a weekend trip to London from our home in Warwickshire. We like to explore the quirky side to London and we're big foodies. We stumbled across the shed in Dulwich via trip advisor. Apparently they do not offer online bookings. So I went down to the traditional route and picked up the phone. Well, took just over a week of phone calls to get through and finally book a table not ideal but we were still very excited for our upcoming booking we were not disappointed the whole experience was fantastic our waiter was so attentive nothing was too much for him as the sun was setting we were offered blankets we politely declined one had a stain on it but a nice touch adds to the alfresco feel the portion sizes weren't huge but the quality was fantastic the earthy taste and freshness of the food with something else. The menu changes regularly as most food is homegrown. What a delightful idea. We'll certainly be back. I thought it was Jack Nicholson for a second. I was like scrolling down. I was like, yep, nope. Sean Williamson. uh Uh-oh. I can't believe I'm finally in the best restaurant ever. That looks like a big portion though. Holy crap. (laughs) The celebrity endorsement in Sean Williamson sends me after I meet him in a pub. Thoroughly explain my concept and ask for a photo of him eating fancy food in a fancy place, but instead receive one of him eating a roast dinner with a side of chips. So I contact friends and acquaintances and put them to work. This all seems very familiar. Very familiar. Climbing the ranks. The first couple of weeks are easy. We crack the top 10,000 in no time, but I don't expect much in the way of inquiries uh, quite yet. Then one morning, something extraordinary happens. The shed's burner phone goes off. Startled and hungover, I pick up, hello, is this the shed? Yes, I sound like a radiator that needs bleeding. I've heard so much about your restaurant, I know it's a long shot as you get booked up so quickly, but I don't suppose you have a table tonight. (laughs) Panicking abruptly, I respond, sorry, but we're fully booked for the next six weeks. I slam down the phone, I'm stunned, a day later, I feel another vibration, a 70th birthday, booking four months in advance, nine people. This is so crazy. Emails, I check my computer, tens of appointments or requests await. A boyfriend tries to use his girlfriend's job at a children's hospital for leverage. TV executives use their work emails. This is so nuts. Seemingly overnight, we're now at 1,456. The shed on Dolwich has suddenly became, become appealing. How? I realize what it is. The appointments, lack of address, general exclusivity of uh, this place is so alluring that people can't see sense. They're looking at photos of my, <laughs> the sole of my foot drooling over the coming months. The sheds' phones ring incessantly. Things are getting a bit out of control. By the end of August, we're at 156. Not a single person has been there. Oh my god, things are starting to get a little out of hand. Uh, First, companies start using uh, the estimated location of the shed on Google Maps to get their free samples to me. Then people who want to work at the shed get in touch. In insignificant numbers, uh, then I get an email from the council which wants to relocate us to a site in Bromley they're developing. Then an Australian production company gets in touch, saying they all want to exhibit us across the world in an aircraft company's in-flight videos. What is going on? And then finally, I have a Skype meeting with a results-hungry PR agency that promises to get the shed into the mail online with a Batman-themed launch and a 200-pound Lizzie Cundy appearance. I have no idea who that is. The representative calls me, obviously, pretty cool, which is nice, but ultimately I decide to handle promotion myself. (laughs) The final push. Winter has arrived and we're at number 30. (laughs) This is wild. But that position won't budge no matter how many reviews I throw at it. Otherwise, though, things have taken a turn. People approach me on my road to ask if I know how to get into the shed, and the phone rings more than ever before. (laughs) Hi, I never realized you were on Fearin Road just two blocks from us. Any chance you have room for two on September 28th for my wife's birthday? This will be our first time out alone since having our first child. The tone of the email shifts with people from all over the globe asking to visit. Then one night I get an email from TripAdvisor titled, Information request, fuck. The game is up. I've been rumbled. My fingers tremble as I opened it. 89,000 views and search results in the past days. Dozens of customers asking for information. Why? Well, on the 1st of November 2017, six months after listing the shed at Dulwich Online, it's London's top-rated restaurant. No way. As a... (laughs) So messed up. A restaurant that doesn't exist is currently the highest ranked in one of the world's biggest cities on perhaps the internet's most trusted review site. On TripAdvisor's website, the company says it dedicates significant time and resources to ensuring that the content on TripAdvisor reflects the real experiences of real travelers. So I get in touch when the whole process is finished to ask how... (laughs) It is that I managed to sidestep their rigorous checks. Generally, the only people who create fake restaurant listens are journalists in misguided attempts to test us, replies a representative via email. As there is no incentive for anyone in the real world to create a fake restaurant, it is not a problem we experience with our regular community. Therefore, this test is not a real world example. But it is. It went through. (laughs) Uh, Which is fair enough. I can't imagine this happens often. But it still did. The representatives add that most fraudsters are only interested in trying to manipulate the rankings of real businesses. So the distinction between attempted fraud by a real business as opposed to attempted fraud for a non-existent business is important. To catch these people out, TripAdvisor uses state-of-the-art technology to identify suspicious review patterns and says our community, too, can report suspicious activity to us. Uh, they then quote a 2015 study that found 93% of TripAdvisor users said they find the reviews they read to be accurate as the actual experience. So there you have it. It's done. Lonely at the top. Only it doesn't stop. What? It's not over yet? I leave the shed's phone at a friend's house over a long weekend. And when I get it back, it has 116 missed calls. So I start answering again. We're booked up. I lie. We have a christening. Another lie. Hello, the shed at Dolwich. Oh my goodness, a frustrated woman says, I've actually got through. I first contacted you back in August and heard nothing. Now I've created this reality. I think the only thing left to do is make it a reality. In just four days, London's best restaurant will come alive. I'm going to open the shed. This all sounds very familiar, but how? (laughs) I've never even had more than three people round at once let alone provided dinner at Lula's place <laughs> and drinks for 20. There's only one way to do it, recreating the exact location uh, people have been describing in reviews for the past six months. The food reminds people of home. Well, I'll serve them uh, what I grew up eating, ready meals. People like the rural yet classy vibe. Well, see that Wendy's house? It's going to be filled with chickens like lobsters at an expensive restaurant so people can pick their chick. Our success is down to the gaming of TripAdvisor. I'll fill half the tables with people I know, talking loudly about how delicious everything is. How are we going to achieve the unmistakable ambience of a real restaurant by getting a DJ in it to play the sounds of a real restaurant on CDs? (laughs) To work. Wendy House. This is insane. Chicken House Lawn. Get a little uh, a lamp there. Extra seating on the roof. Soon Joe, my friend, and the chef for tonight shows up. He spent the past decade traveling the world working in fine restaurants. A man worthy of the sheds. Whites. If ever there was one. Now, we've got to produce uh, to source. We've got produce to source. Done. All except the price of... Uh, all for the price of 31 pounds probably like 50 bucks 60 bucks back at the shed uh phoebe has arrived she's an intuitive waitress who can really get across the nuances of our menu like how by serving uh putting in mugs we're aiming to replicate the experience of what it's like to eat pudding out of a mug for the starter it's a minestrone uh they or i don't know for mains the choice truffle mac and cheese <laughs> or once-in-a-lifetime vegetable lasagna for dessert, the Shed Chocolate Sundae. One last thing I ask Phoebe is uh, for her to ask the opinions of every guest privately so they're honest. And with that, my vision has come to life. It's kind of like putting on a fake live show. Almost. Guests sit on top of roof sipping mugs of wine. Chickens cluck happily in the Wendy house, ready to be slaughtered. Actors chomp away on spruced up uh, one pound ready meals. A DJ pumps out the sounds of the restaurant. It looks, sounds, and smells beautiful, and we're ready for our first two guests. I head to the meeting point up the road, and on time are Joel and Maria, all the way from sunny California. Oh, that's so bad. Vacationing in Europe for the first time last night they were in Paris and tonight is their first night in London. A Pokemon convention tomorrow brings them into the city, but they want to spend their first evening at the shed. I asked them to put on blindfolds and they look terrified, but after the two actresses who have arrived at the same time agree, they nod. This is so elaborate. I led the four hand in hand into the garden as we approach the house, Maria says. I can hear the sound of a kitchen. No, Maria, you cannot. The blindfolds come off. The Americans are silent. We serve moods here. I'll interpret yours and bring a dish that suits. uh, Maria, I get a homely energy from you, Joel. I'm feeling cool, right? I rush into the kitchen, grab two mains off Joe. As per my request, the DJ triggers ding sounds frequently to disguise the noise of our microwave. This is wild. I place the pears dish down, move away, and observing from a distance, watch them stare at their mac and cheese. Maria takes, are they paper plates? No, they're not. I was going to say, that would have been amazing. Maria takes out her phone for a photo, looks at the meal through her camera, pauses, and puts away her phone without taking a picture. The evening crawls by. Uh, Joel spots the two on the roof above him and can't stop looking. After 40 largely quiet minutes, the couple leaves. Joel looks furious. In the meantime, two locals arrive full of questions about the place. I let Phoebe take the lead with them as I've got a table of four to deal with. Yo, Cortez, what's going on, man? How you doing? We are reading probably the craziest fake story of all time. Oh! Basically, if you missed it, Cortez, this guy went on trip advisory and made a fake restaurant without even serving a single meal. And he got it to number one rated restaurant in London. And now he's having his first night of actually serving people with, like, bullshit meals that cost, like, a dollar. <laughs> so crazy. Um... After seating them and disappearing to grab drinks, I hear a scream from the kitchen outside. A lady runs across the restaurant squealing, Trevor. Oh, good time to introduce Trevor. The man I hired the chickens from is following her clutching a chicken, flapping its wings. (laughs) I snatch the chicken off Trevor and stuff it in the Wendy house. As things calm down, the woman's friends begin to laugh. Why do you have chickens? They ask. It's pick your chicken. We cook the one you take. You like the look of. Oh my God! Their expression sour. But I thought you were a vegetarian restaurant. I found you as the top-rated veggie restaurant in London. My heart skips a beat. I hadn't thought of this top in all of London. You mean? I smiled. <laughs> we're fucked. People seem to be enjoying the food, but I can't stop thinking. Flapping chicken. We need to make uh, good with the table of four. I feel a tap on my shoulder. It's one of them, a man who informs me it's his friend's birthday, an opportunity to impress arises. I have a quiet word with my friend and comedian, Lolly a- Adafope, who's going to privately sing happy birthday to the birthday haver. Lolly begins shushing people who join in until it's just her. It's truly beautiful. Is that Michelle Obama? It is not. It is Lolly. But probably not enough. And that's a little racist. I have a quiet word with my friend and comedian uh, who is going private. Yeah, we did that part. But probably not enough. The other real table of two leave. I see out our foursome. I apologize as we go. Bumbling about the new menus and difficult circumstances in the midst of uh, wittering. I'm stopped. Yeah, so about availability, the lady says. Now that we've been once, is that easier? What? Yeah, is it easier for us to book a table now? Her husband jumps in. Yeah, it would be nice to come again. Oh my god. Yo, Pur, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm absolutely speechless. That's certainly something we can look at. They wave goodbye and disappear into the night. By this point, the restaurant has slipped considerably in the rankings. The page has now been deleted and an archived version is available here. But we are in the top spot for almost a fortnight. And that's obviously had an effect. I barreled down the garden and screamed the news. They they want a book again, Joe Trevor. All the crew look crew look at me. We erupt into laughter. I'm not surprised. Um, it is XLR man. It's a sure Super 55. We o- we only do XLR over here. <laughs> Yo, Zach Bussy. Thank you so much for the biddies, man. How you doing? Harry Gross uh i didn't charge any of them for anything the whole evening was free because we're documenting it for a tv show uh but also possibility or possibly because they didn't really have an excellent time Uh, so there we go i invited people into a hastily assembled collection of chairs outside my shed and they left thinking it really could be the best restaurant in london just on the basis of a trip advisor rating you could look at this cynically argue that the odor of the internet is so strong nowadays that people can no longer use their senses properly but i like to be positive if i can transform my garden into london's best restaurant literally anything is possible like the for you guys that are late the food they they showed off initially is the craziest thing i've ever seen this was a long ass article Holy shit, there is way more than i thought there was um all right so the first meal they showed was this looks looks interesting right looks pretty interesting and then you have what it's really made out of uh, some peppers some shaving cream uh, some whatever that is and like a, a bleach power puck and then you got this looks pretty good dessert looks like a pretty good dessert right got some like some coffee beans and some chocolate and some like delicious looking cake with some whipped cream and then it's it's a sponge, so like it's actually a sponge. <laughs> sponge with uh, glossy paint, shaving cream, some coffee beans, and Luso. Don't speak like that ever again. I'll ban you. Never speak about the king so blasphemously ever again. And then this this egg dish is actually a man's foot with an egg. So wild. <laughs> this is the the images they used for the uh, the promo pictures. Suck those toes, no thank you. All right, that is story number two. Holy crap, it's like an hour in pale ass foot. They live in London. There's like no sun there. And we're gonna head on to the next story, story number three. If you guys have some videos, uh, Cortez or anybody else. Uh, now's your time to get them in. We have two more stories to go, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll dive into the the midway point. Uh, anything kind of like weird or crazy, uh, just make sure it's on YouTube. Usually we watch like animal stuff or or whatever whatever there is. Don't bans you. I, I got you for it, Don't worry. It was for uh, Luso, not you. Anyway, on to the next story. Story number goddamn three. Distracted driver turns out to have 250 pound pig on lap. Uh, one more should do it if you uh, if you guys got it. So we got uh, both three of them right now. Have a perfect discovery channel sort to watch. Uh, link it up. Uh, DM me in Discord or something, or or Twitch. Anyway, on to the story. Oh. Distracted driver turns out to have 250 pound pig on lap. Dr- the driver had a second pig in the car and said he didn't want them to get cold. <laughs> Minnesota Sheriff's Office encountered a couple of true road hogs. Ugh. Earlier this week, a driver who was pulled over for having trouble staying in his lane turned out to be operating the vehicle with a 250-pound pig on his lap. Sergeant Jason Foster told Minneapolis news station KMSP-TV. He also had a smaller pig with him. Both pigs can be seen in a photo posted uh, to social media by Chicago. Is that Chicago? (laughs) Shisago, <laughs> Okay. County Sheriff's Office the size of two king slobs. Oh. That's you, the 250-pound the pig? God damn. Uh, the smaller pig appears to be standing next to the driver's seat behind the larger pig's uh, leg. JK, that's a cop? damn. In the post, the Sheriff's Office noted that its officers have encountered plenty of distracted drivers by things like cell phones, food, and changing the radio station or catching someone driving with a lap pig was a first the man's erratic driving was apparently caused by the larger pig leaning against the steering wheel foster told the TV station that the man had his pigs on his left because he was moving to another part of the state and didn't want the pigs to get cold when traveling by car with pets the American Society for uh, prevention of cruelty to animals generally recommends transporting them in secure, well ventilated crates or carriers inside the vehicle oh yeah he's huge now man he's a big boy Um, he's, he's getting large. (laughs) All right. Quick little story. And, uh, this one might be long. I'm not sure, but we'll go to the next story. Story number four. Have I talked to Slob? I wish that would make my day. I should tweet him every day on Twitter. I invented a fake friendship with Russell Brand to get free stuff. He's famous to us. It's very true. Armed with an Instagram, a lookalike and a face swapping app. I managed to swindle free pizza, clothes, and even a hotel suite. (laughs) It's the same guy. It's the same guy from the restaurant. This guy's a god. Did I mention the shed? That thing I did? In case you missed it. I fooled the world by making the shed. I live in Top Razor restaurant on TripAdvisor with a load of bullshit reviews. Wow, this guy is a genius bizarrely it changed my life over the past few months thousands of new followers have flocked to my social media accounts dozens of drunk men have requested photos with me in south london pubs and I can barely walk through the village I grew up in without fam- uh, family acquaintances waving at me but how long will it last I'm no real celebrity just a moon faced con man <laughs> a fake doctor in Florida uh, I don't think I read that one Uh, for ideas on how to prolong uh, this new life, I browse some famous people's profiles among the self-promotion in Pound Shop. The Pound Shop. That's where I'm going to take Cortez. <laughs> that was really bad. I'm sorry. The pound Shop. More like the Hound Shop. Oh... Uh... I see photos of new trainers, tickets and uh, to special events, delicious meals, high class hotels, and bespoke clothing always accompanied with captions like thanks Nando's or big up Nike you absolute legends. Uh, it seems that one way to maintain the high life is to use your status to request nice stuff. Publicly, thank the brand for sending you that nice stuff, then be left with both nice stuff and a sense among your followers. That you're someone worthy of receiving free stuff it's ridiculous and gluttonous and i want in more like i'm an idiot it's true i'm a big idiot i have no problems uh, with admitting that to do that though i need to make myself more brand friendly i i need an endorsement a friendship with someone whose fame far eclipses my own i rack my brain for ideas and a pr- uh, prophet appears mr brand himself that's so smart. He's looking for a brand and he gets Russell Brand. Uh, star of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, the trues and those prank calls on Andrew uh, Sacks answering machine. Unfortunately, I don't know how you go about making friends with Russell Brand. So I have to find another way to convince brands and followers that I am. How do I do that? It's actually quite simple. Setting up a play date with Russell, meet Ryan. I find Ryan by asking friends if they know anyone who looks like Russell Brand, and Ryan does. Sort of, doesn't he? I guess, like, quickly. (laughs) He kind of reminds me of, like, Dracula or something. He could probably be a Dracula. Send me the source material. Alright. That's all I need, the bare minimum. That and Photoshop, and a few photos of the real Russell. Then, what's to stop me from taking a selfie with Ryan, doing a quick face swap, and posting the photo to Instagram? Daddy. I contact Ryan and he's up for it. The wheels are in motion. But even with my fake brand in tow, I can't just post photos from an all-bar one, can I? I need to be in the kind of hangout you'd expect to see a celebrity in. Uh, The Grouchos say, or one of those terrible upmarket Mayfair clubs where Rihanna and Bieber and Drake drink bottles of champagne worth more than a first-class transatlantic flight. How do I access one of those easy? By inviting a Russell Brand PA to arrange this. Russell got with Katy Perry. Uh, I mean, I guess it happens, man. I jumped on to GoDaddy, gobble up the available russellbrand.co and create an email for Russell Brand's new member of staff, Ben Mather. I fire out a slew of emails and sure enough, perfection. This is so crazy hi ben sounds great just checking availability for you now at blah 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 hotel and spa we'll let you know as soon as possible i find a hotel that uh touts itself as popular with celebrities therefore making it cool according to its website after some back and forth we have ourselves a 400 to 500 pound suite to hang out in this wednesday the big day arriving in west london my day begins like so many influencers does Waiting for somebody quite exciting who I'm hanging out with today. A grateful coffee with a dash of humble brag. Before long, I unleash my first post. Better late than never hanging with uh, Russell Brand today. Quick disclaimer, the photo above isn't the real one I actually uploaded because we had to go back and buy licensed images of Russell Brand to be able to include them in this piece without getting sued for copyright infringement. But it's close enough. Of course, before the rendering uh, magician Chris Berthel got his hands on it, it looked a little different. Yeah, that one just looks off. Definitely not it. (laughs) Importantly, are people going to buy it? I only get one shot at this. Are my followers gonna think I'm a man who could actually be hanging out with the Russell brand for a day? Or that I'm a man sad enough to pretend I am, a dangerous toss up. I post the photo, two minutes of silence follow, then vibrations. Oh, my word. My Insta DMs are full of messages from people buying it, but they haven't seen anything yet. All of these last two stories are just all beat on. It's the only person I can think of. Sure, I can trick people into believing that Ryan is Russell with the protective guise of the internet. You, You really should. But how do I fool a hotel that Russell brand is in the house? I tell Ryan who's nearby to lay low in sunglasses. I enter the lobby, and I'm accosted by a busy lady. Is it Uba? (laughs) The hotel representative introduces herself. I've been speaking with Ben. Do you know Ben? I almost forgot. Before my brain clicks into gear, the PA. I nod. She asks me what time Russell will be around, and I answer vaguely, so she hands over the room key. I thank her. Turning to disappear. I'll follow you, boys. Uh, antics on Instagram, she says, It looks like you're already you've already been with him. She stares at my story, my world falling apart as she analyzes the photo. Very cool. She disappears, and then I get into the lift, heart thumping. Next, I go to the hotel room and see. They've all gone out buying Brand, who famously is a fan of sexual intercourse, a range of sex toys, just that you need during an interview scenario. I almost feel bad, but then remember this all has been laid on free of charge for someone in the 1% of people globally who could actually afford this suite. Insta must see where we're at. Cheers to uh, Redacted for the on-brand suite for us to hang out in. Wishing you uh, a wonderful time. I dumped myself into the presumably very expensive bed disappearing into its vastness like a Chihuahua in a Jacuzzi. The room seems to have legitimized our day and attracted another type of onlooker. Screaming, oh, yeah, that's really good. That's not a good thing. I'm making a documentary about uh, societal change. Ask Russell and then yourself what you think is the worst and best moments in human history. Please, be as wild and free as you want with your answers. The attention is good, but I yearn for more. It's now that I remember something I've forgotten. Ryan. Bloggy. What's going on, man? I sprint down to the street to fetch him with a voice forged far from Essex. I must keep Ryan silent at a distance uh, from hotel staff. We pace through the lobby without breaking a stride. My social media followers are really going for this, but that's not enough. I want to be clothed and cobbled. Wind and dine. I need a post which invites brands to come forth uh, for just that but it must be flawless, so I pick Russell's face and try to recreate uh, the precise angles. <laughs> this is so wild. We post another Instagram picture. Work finished, anybody want to send us something, feel free. I wait silently and uh, staring at my phone, praying for a DM to appear after a little while, bingo. I exchange addresses with the company and a present arrives. This is so crazy. Here's for sending the lovely socks. Oh, those are dope socks. I want those socks. Yo, someone send me those socks. Stance socks get at me. Novelty Street Fighter socks from the kind of people at Stance. This is perfect, but I just don't want to be the envy of the internet. I want to be a fun fella too. So I tell Ryan to hand over the socks and slip into something a little more comfortable. Which, of course, becomes... This is all just fake stuff. Um, Uba ordering booze not happy. Not the real not the real photos. Uh, all full up on fun. I'm now hungry. I call around the press offices for various food companies requesting that they send food to our site while Pizza Hut, Itsu, and KFC have a, a bit of a nibble. There's one winner. One for sheer volume. One for the big occasion. Just a quick note to say that the below order will be uh, with you in around 20-30 minutes max. One large cheese and tomato, one large veggie supreme, one large veggie sizzler, twisted dough balls, uh, potato wedges, cine dippers, salmon dippers, cookies, Fanta, Coke Zero. If you fancy tagging us in a cheeky post of you and Russell enjoying your dominoes, that would be awesome. Domino's offering a 120-pound order in exchange for a cheeky post of you and Russell enjoying Domino's. Sounds like a joke, but within 30 minutes. Why do you need so much food? This is definitely a slob night. Slob night with the boys. We have a feast for the crucial cheeky post. Here's to the Don's Domino's UK for the feast. Does it matter that a quick Google of Russell Brand would tell us? Uh, tell you he's vegan or that he's missing his uh, very visible right arm tattoo in, in the post. Thanks for the tag. Nope. Nine slices of pizza and a cookie down. I'm filled with satisfied. Time to hit the town. I run upstairs, grab Ryan, and we disappear into the night looking for somewhere to have fun. I fire out messages left, right, and center to Wembley to the O2. To Wembley and places that are usually too dear for me to afford spot two men standing outside of a pub drinking and I head over holding my phone and facetiming with my friend Russell Brand I tell them apropos of nothing they look amazed this is like the the face swap I guess it looks so creepy and fake uh wave to Russell I say showing them the face swap video of Ryan waving it looks so bad how are people falling for this is that for real, one-ass, waving back at the screen? Your mates with Russell Brand? I quickly put the phone away. Yeah, I wind him up making him wave at uh, people in the street uh, when we're on call together. That's mad. feel validated. This is wild, man. I previously made the decision to keep all posts exclusive to Instagram to avoid too many replies, but after that encounter, I hear nothing, so I fire off a tweet. Been nice hanging out, getting to know Rusty Rockets today. Follow on my Instagram. Then the likes rack up from colleagues, peers, and industry people. This is the kind of company I want to keep. And if that wasn't enough, an email hit has hit my inbox that clinches it. A VIP invitation party that only the likes of Russell Brand could grace. The ultimate scam artist. VIP tickets to elbow at the O2. The mark of both true influencer and a friend of Russell Brand. Heading back. From the O2 arena, reading messages from friends and colleagues asking what I'm doing with Russell Brand, I'm astounded. Whether the fake PA, the tailored photos, the completely off-brand selection of cheese pizzas, beers, and socks we enjoyed, or the simple fact that a Google search would have told you Russell Brand has a gig and hauled this very night. <laughs> there have been so many opportunities for people to call bullshit on the story, but they didn't. Uh, evidently, the power of celebrity is too strong. Now there's nothing from stopping me from getting free socks and going to see Elbow every night of the year. Nothing apart from the cease and desist. Oh, shit. I wake up to a mobile press into my temple vibrating. Is this Ben? Says the stern voice on the other end. How long have you been working for Russell? Because I've been working with him for 10 years. I bumble and she cuts me off. Turns out that the VIP Stereophonics tickets I requested may have been uh, given the game away. You registered the domain name russellbrand.co? I stay silent. I'd recommend that you stop whatever it is you're doing, and if you continue to send messages as his PA, you can expect legal action from Russell's agent. Goodbye. Oh man. Before publishing, I try to go to brand for comment on the whole ruse, but only receive message telling me I can't use his image to get free stuff, which is tricky because I've already done it. Unfortunately, I can't comment any further on this matter. <laughs> this is so crazy. We do not recommend that you try to replicate this tactic. If anything, it takes way too long to convincingly Photoshop photo- uh, pictures of celebrities. Probably not true if you're really good at it. Faces onto pre existing photographs, and nobody has time for that. I could name you probably one person. And that brings us to the halfway point, guys. Uh, we're gonna watch a couple videos, so sit back and, uh, relax. God damn! Well, this one's for all you vapors. Um, FDA is investigating a possible link between e-cigarettes and seizures. That's kinda, kinda weird. You had a couple close calls, nothing crazy. Waivers, though? Yeah, waivers. Waivers will save the day. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration. FDA is investigating a possible link between e-cigarettes uh, use and seizures. The agency announced today, April 3rd, it's not today. The FDA said that between 2010 and 2019, there were 35 reported cases of people who had seizures shortly after they used e-cigarettes. Most of these reports involved teenagers or young adults. I wonder what, what would cause this though. In some cases, the seizures happened after the user took a few puffs. In other cases, the seizures happened up to one day after use. Patients uh, varied in their experience with e-cigarettes from the first-time users to seasoned uh, seasoned users. The agency stressed it is not clear yet if e-cigarettes cause the seizures. The worst word to say. There could be other factors that contribute to the parent, uh, patient seizures, <laughs> such as use of other drugs. Indeed, a few of the patients reported the use of other substances in addition to e-cigarettes, such as uh, the marijuana or an <laughs> amphetamines uh some patients may also have had underlying medication conditions that conditioned uh, or that can that triggered the seizures i don't buy into this so far however it's known that seizures can be a symptom of nicotine poisoning okay maybe which happens when people are exposed to high levels of compound uh, s- such as through the accidental swallowing of nicotine containing e-liquids the FDA knows that some e-cigarettes have designs that allow users to obtain high levels of nicotine quickly. We believe that 35 cases warrant scientific investigation into whether there is, a, in fact, a connection between e-cigarettes and seizures. The FDA said in a statement the agency is calling on doctors and the general public to report cases of seizures tied to e-cigarettes. I used to understand the link. Well, there you have it. Um, uh, not much research in there. I thought there was going to be some explanation besides nicotine poisoning. But we're going to hit the next story. Um, a Mori story, if you will. All right. Cheating mom exposed after DNA test reveals her twins have different dads. So if you remember yesterday's story where the twins would not claim, uh, responsibility for having a kid, we have the qu- the opposite. <laughs> Cheating mom exposed after DNA tests reveal her twins have different dads. How is that possible? The possibility of super uh, fecundation when two eggs are fertilized during the same cycle by two fathers is one in a million. Brenda had two babies, apparently. The woman who is not named was forced to admit that she had a one-night stand with another man. Maury, Maury. A mum of two secret affair was exposed when a DNA test revealed her twins had different fathers according to reports. The woman who had not been identified but is from Xiamen, China had requested a paternity test with her partner last year so they could formally put their twin boys on the city's uh, household register. But they were in for a shock and the test results reportedly shown that one of the boys did not belong to the dad. Wow. According to the reports. Of the, the Fujian Daily newspaper, the woman's partner had long wondered why his twins did not look alike and why one of them had different eyes, mouth, and nose and did not resemble him in any way. However, he never ever considered the possibility that he was not the father. Reports uh, added. That's so nuts. The paternity test findings carried out by the Fujian uh, Zhengtai Judicial Authentication Center in Xiamen in East China's a province caused a rift between couples when the wife allegedly accused her husband of tampering with the results. This is um, more the Chinese edition. The China edition. However, the mum of two eventually admitted that she had a one-night stand with another man. News of the rare uh, case of super fecundation when two eggs are fertilized during the same cycle by two fathers was made public by the authentication center uh, director Zhang Zhang explained that the super fecundation means the mom had to have slept with her lover within hours or days after being first impregnated by her uh, husband during the same fertility window. Wow. She added this is a very special case. It means that the woman had sexual relations with two men and was impregnated by them at the same time. Their fraternal twins, a very uncommon and rare case, the director said the couple sorted the matter out themselves. The dad has since been quoted saying, I obviously still want my own child, but I'm unwilling to raise someone else's child. Fair enough. That's really messed up. (laughs) Like you got the the test just to confirm it. You're like, yo, it's twins. There's no way he is the dad for sure. And then lo and behold, uh, you get exposed for your own uh, test. That's crazy. Uh, We'll probably have time for one more. And uh, it's probably the one you guys want. Why giant tortoise sex became the basis of a key uh, Game of Thrones sound effect. you guys ever watch Game of Thrones, maybe you guys will be interested. (laughs) I wonder if they have the sound, though. If you're watching Game of Thrones this weekend, be sure to listen to the giant tortoise mating calls. Never watched it. Uh, When you hear the signature roars of uh, Drogon, Rhaegal, Rhaegal, and Viseron, the three key dragon uh, cast members in Game of Thrones, the tortoise sex is probably the furthest thing from your mind. And yet, according to the series sound designer Paula Fairfield, the maiden cries of a giant tortoises are among the many sound samples she used to give the show's great winged beasts a voice. I need to hear it. In a 2017 interview with Radiolab, Fairfield explained how she crafted the sounds of the dragons mo- uh, moving, roaring, and communicating with the uh, other characters by mashing up various animal sounds, including screeching birds and reptiles fluttering dragonfly wings, And her own dog's nasal whistles listen closely the way Drogon purrs uh, in the company of his friends. And you may even hear a sound you wish you hadn't. Okay, bet. Uh, The mating moan of the giant male tortoise. Uh, First of all, yes, tortoises moan while they mate. Uh, Oh, we got a video. We got a video. Oh, yeah, we're curious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, cool right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Dark Souls enemy. You four years from now, <laughs> he's done. He's like, Ugh. Yeah, that one right there, like, could definitely be a dragon sound. The music's not helping, <laughs> Tortuga, they coming eggs. He's coming inside right now Hey (laughs) He almost fell (laughs) The way he pulled his head back in (laughs) That's <laughs> so good. Oh man, that was really good. First of all, yes, tortoises moan while they mate. The males especially are loud. Their mating groans can rattle on for 10 to 20 minutes. It can carry miles around. James Gibbs, a conversation, our conservation biologist at the Sunny College of Environmental Science and Forestry in Syracuse, New York. Uh, previously told Live Science, it's uncomfortable and a little funny to watch. Here's a video if you're definitely curious. We did, but a giant tortoise would probably say the same about um, your ma- mating rituals. So why did Fairfield turn to this intimate corner of the reptilian soundscape for her dragon work? It's all a matter of him doing, imbuing each of uh, the show's three dragons' cast members with distinct personalities. She told Radio Labs. Drogon, for example, is Daenerys's clear favorite. He is the rowdiest of the three, and yet one of Daenerys's, uh, Daenerys prefers to ride while flying around Westeros. He's even named after her hot late husband, Count Drogo. Fairfield said, so in a way, it's like her lover. No, it's not. She's not having sex with the dragon. He's whistling at her all the time. He's whistling at her butt saying, ooh, baby. Fairchild said, the groan of the male tortoise actually became, with some work adjustments and stuff, the basis of Drogon's purr. Fairfield added that the first time she watched uh, the dragon purring scene with a larger audience, people couldn't help but giggle without knowing why. To me, it's because the purr had that essence, that kind of sexual, sensual essence. Fairfield said, you can listen for this tortoise essence while watching the final season of Game of Thrones, which debuts Sunday. April 14th and that is the last story for the day and you guys know what time it is for all the podcast people thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening we'll see you guys next time and uh, for everybody else let's watch some animals beat the shit out of each other